One day I'm gonna visit Bloom Farms. Not the website, I've already been there. I mean the actual farm. Sunny California. Or as my dad calls it, the land of fruits and nuts. But enough about my dad. It's also the land of CBD, where Bloom Farms harvest the materials that make the goodness and turns all those profits into a million and a half meals donated to Feed the Hungry as part of their amazing one-for-one program. So why don't you go visit bloomfarmscbd.com while I book my plane ticket and find out more about what I'm talking about. And while you're there, why don't you order up some organic tinctures and CBD mini vape pens. Enter the promo code BALDFREAK at checkout. You're going to get 20% off your order. All CBD is not the same. So what sets Bloom Farms apart? Presentation. The products are beautifully packaged, personalized. If you're going to try something new, why not start with the best? BloomFarmCBD.com. What else sets them apart? 20% off. They want you to try it because they know you're going to like it. Available worldwide. Check the site for purchase locations. Take a trip. BloomFarmsCBD.com. Don't forget promo code BALDFREAK at checkout. Get your 20% off. And if you're like me, you're worried about what you're putting in your body, no matter what sort of discount you get. All Bloom Farm CBD products, meticulously lab tested for quality and safety. So give it a try. BloomFarmCBD.com. Is Rock Dead? I posed this question to J.J. Wild in the middle of Soam Records, an underground record store in Washington, D.C., just down the street from U Street Music Hall. It's a beautiful summer day in the district, and when the sun sets a couple hours later, J.J. Wild will be howling away on stage. Ow! But for now, we're inside a musical museum. Surrounded by plastic sleeves, half-priced stickers, and vinyl-perusing onlookers as we talk it out for episode 103 of the Independent-Minded Podcast. The rock and roll singer-songwriter from Kitchener, Ontario is still in her 20s, but her own music's throwback quality puts her in a different place and time. And it's not just the tunes that are throwback. It's her attitude, her stage presence, the motley crew of merry musicians she surrounds herself with. Her drummer could be mistaken for Amy Mann, her bass player for Faith No More guitarist Jim Martin with his cut-off Mastodon t-shirt advertising his allegiance to the kingdom of metal. On stage, JJ's in constant motion, occasionally throwing the crowd crazy eye glares that would make Bruce Dickinson proud. So her take on the state of rock and roll intrigues me. Is all this a pose? Does someone who's just starting to climb the indie rock music mountain feel the same about things as I do? Because the J.J. Wild Mountain and the one I've been navigating for the past two decades, with a radio gig as my longtime security blanket to soften every tumble I take, they're not the same mountains. Not just because of our age difference, but because J.J.'s something I've never been as a musician. She's all in. And J.J. Wild with a perfect tan and perfectly ripped jeans, she's pretty easy on the eyes, too. This isn't just the opinion of a middle-aged heterosexual Scorpio. This is fact. It's canon. J.J. Wilde knows it, I know it, and if you don't know, now you know. And why am I bringing this up? Because we're talking about rock and roll. And whether you like it or not, rock and roll and being hot are like tea and honey. Being hot sells tickets. Being hot gets you followers. Big crowds and big followers gets you the attention of the big dogs. It's what makes them want to dig their claws in just as much as a three-minute single with a catchy hook. Nowadays, maybe even more so. Hey, I worked in Top 40 Radio for two decades. I've seen the blueprints. Being hot is an asset, and if you've got it, flaunt it. 
It's not J.J. Wilde's fault that she's been blessed any more than it's my fault that I've been bald. It's the universe's fault. But being attractive can be a disadvantage too, especially if you're a woman. And I'm not saying every powerful man in this industry is a scumbag or that they have ulterior motives. What I'm saying is that part of J.J. Wilde's journey has got to involve being taken seriously as a musician. And here's the good news. J.J. Wilde is proving herself one show at a time. She talks about putting the work in, and she talks about her arc and her art with maturity and humility. J.J. Wilde just wants to rock and eat burgers. And it doesn't get much purer than that. And so, is rock dead, I ask? Of course, the woman who's living the dream, who's starting to headline small clubs when she's not opening for bigger bands like Incubus and Rainwolf, who lives to be in the van and tour the world, of course she said, F no. Rock ain't dead. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. But for me, the jury's still out. Sure, I can admire the sunny outlook of the younger artist whose songs could and should be pumping on radio stations around the country. This podcast has taught me that I can still be jaded and feel good about J.J. Wilde's journey at the same time. Maybe the J.J. Wilds of the world are what keep the heart of rock and roll beating. I always thought that was a job for Huey Lewis in the news. Or hey, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon. <laughs> That's probably it. The bottom line, J.J. Wilde isn't just a pretty face. She hits the stage as the opening act and plays like a headliner. She puts her money where her mouth is. The passion is unwavering, the is for real, and that's all a guy like me needs to see and hear to believe. JJ and I talk about lessons learned on tour, leaving the working world behind, fast cars, and the best burger she ever ate. Kicking things off with State of Mind from the new EP, Wild Eyes, Steady Hands, then my conversation with JJ Wild, right here on Independent Minded. It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make our music. He's plugging their projects, He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the bullshit that they do.
Is that your, is that your impression of a, of a turntable or yes. scratching a turntable? Yes, I, I, I think it's pretty good. And you were at the Wonder Bar. Wonder Bar. We were just talking about that Asbury Park, and you said Wonder Bar has the best burger and fries the, you've ever had. Yes. But what basis of comparison do you have? Well, I mean, I eat burgers not all the time, but I also make homemade burgers, and they were better than the ones I can make. All right. Well, and, that's not you know. I but mean, honestly, you're up my the favorite burger is like a McDonald's Big Mac. I know it's so gross, but it's so good. It's a guilty pleasure. I'm I'm a more of a quarter pounder with cheese guy myself. Yeah. Although I probably haven't had a McDonald's burger in at least two or three years. That was like my New Year's Day treat. My guilty like stoner pleasure. Yeah. It's a new year. Let me start off by having like the worst <laughs> possible food I can possibly have. So are you McDonald's or Wendy's kind of guy? If you put a gun to my head, it would be McDonald's. And the fry and the we'll fries. We'll get along just fine. Right, vanilla <laughs> shake, vanilla shake and fries, and a quarter pound of cheese is kind of like Sounds that's my good. last rights meal before I, they, <laughs> they send me to the chair. Mine would be the Wonder Bar burger. And fries. All right, I'm gonna. I don't know the people there, but I know people in Asbury Park, so I'm gonna spread the word that JJ Wild said the Wonder Bar burger is the best burger she ever had. Yeah. We're inside a record store, Soam Records in downtown DC. You're playing U Street Music Hall tonight. Yeah. You're young. You're full of fire. You have a new EP out. It's called. Wild Eyes, Steady Hands. Yes. Let's get started with the title. Like, what's that all about? It's a play um, on words. Yeah, right? a little bit. Like, everything about the EP is kind of like, it's like my first impression that I'm going to be making to people, yeah. I guess. And so, and a lot of the music on the EP comes from self, like, experiences and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like having that kind of, like, fire in you being a little bit reckless and not really knowing what you're doing, but then keeping the steady hand of like, okay, well, figuring it out as you go, kind of. You know what I, I mean? I was going to ask what the steady hands, I got what the wild eyes is all about. Yeah. But the steady hands. Steady could hands. Mean, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can't, you can't see me doing that. I'm shaking my hands. But no, um, yeah, it's, it's basically just kind of like keeping your shit together when you don't feel like you can. And are you doing that so far? Is this your first like legit tour? We'll see. No, um, <laughs> no, I've been out. Um, I was out with the Glorious Sons across the states in February, and then I just came off a tour with the Struts and the Glorious Sons, and then now this tour with Rainwolf. So this is number three. Third time's a charm. So, what have you learned from these veteran bands who've been doing it a few times around? A lot, you know. Whether they're meaning to give advice or not, it's just like you pick up on things that... Well, just from existing in that world. Right, right? exactly. Observing. So I just try to observe and see how like the stagehands work together and the crew and the team and like the dynamics between people. Try to stay out of people's way when they're busy. And, uh, and then as far as the performance goes, like it's great to be able to watch bands that you respect and watch them every night and see how they interact with the crowd, see how they interact with their fans, what in my mind makes their performance successful and like take little bits and pieces of like, oh, that was cool, you know, like and, and, and stuff like sure. that. So I'm learning a lot. What do you love about touring so far? Like what are your favorite Everything. things besides the burgers? <laughs> the burgers. No, I love I love the whole lifestyle. It's fun. It's it's on the go. There's you know, your routine is now no routine and I love that it's like everything is unexpected and you love the unbriled lifestyle of yes <laughs> of, be, of being a musician okay fair enough yeah I love it you have a four song EP yeah the song State of Mind is very poppy definitely like radio ready yeah the song Gave It All which we'll hear at the end of this podcast is kind of the ballad and then up front you got two songs that really remind me of 
like the hair metal era. There's certainly like a grit and like a grungy style to the music that you make. Right. So where did that come from? I had a big influence from my parents, my older brother when I was younger, and I hadn't really found my own kind of sound yet that I enjoyed. Um, so there was a lot of classic rock in my first bands that I really loved. Yeah. Um, like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and All right, Queen. so you're an old soul. And, That's good. Yeah, but then I actually went to a more acoustic folk kind of realm. I don't know. I just, I think if music's good, I'll listen to it. I, I've never really gone from genre to genre. It's just very universal to me. So I think maybe it comes from just a little bit of everything and then putting my own spin on it. I don't know. I've never really thought like, I love this album. I want to sound like that, but I just appreciate for what it is. I was just having a conversation with a friend. Are there any rock bands out there? Because my opinion is like rock is dead. No, so it's up to you, it's up <laughs> come to, on. It's up to you to bring it back, JJ Wild. Um, yeah. Are there any bands out there now, including the bands you're touring with, that just really get you jazzed, that you get excited about? Oh my God, that's such an unfair question. There's so what many. There's so many. <laughs> There's how much time do you have? Okay, <laughs> I have more time than you do, so give me a couple. Okay, well, one person I saw live uh, last summer, I think it was last summer, I went to, I drove across to Red Rocks and saw Shaky Graves there. Okay, very cool. Oh, man, his live show was incredible. Like, it was, yeah, that was, and I love his music anyway, and then I saw him live, and I was just like, holy shit, you're the real deal. It was awesome. I was very impressed. What's your five-year plan? You're young, this is your first EP, correct? Yeah. Do you want to get signed by a major? Do you want somebody to hold your hand and lead you to the promised land? Do you want to go the no. indie route? What are your expectations, you know, for your own career trajectory a couple of years down the road? You want to put an album out? Do you still believe yeah, in the album format? Yeah, I've already format? got an album written and recorded. Oh, it's ready I'm to just, go. Sneak yeah. preview? Okay. I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm thinking the fall, maybe I'll do that. And then I want to tour. I really believe that, like, you know, you said rock is dead, but then you go to a rock show and it's like, there it is. Yeah, well, it, I'm it might be a little bit more hard to find on Spotify and when these streaming platforms where everything is so accessible. But for me, the real deal is touring and showing people that, you know, it's kind of like winning everybody over. It's like, look, I'm going to do this. And, and if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. But then it's the people that actually go out to the live shows that will support artists you know what I mean so for me I want to tour and I want to win fans the right way by yeah. by by doing it live the five-year thing I want to tour and I want to be playing shows and I want to put out more music I mean that's all I have all right that's all that's I have basic. to go yeah that's that's what I want to do before the CP came out and correct me if I'm wrong maybe it's still happening like you've been uh, notorious for having a ton of jobs Yes. And you've, did you, have you given that up? Like, is I have, I finally, well, so I was working three jobs plus doing music on the side and I've always been working two to three jobs, just always. Um, Same here. Yeah. It's just like, you got to do it. It's the hustle. <laughs> right. You got to put bread on the table. But yeah. my, my thought has always been like, I've always had a job in the radio industry full time. Right. And I've had music has been my second job running a label. Yeah. And I always felt maybe from the very beginning, but certainly now looking back on that from when I was your age, not being hyper focused on one thing is hurting both things. Did you have that feeling? Did you feel oh, like absolutely. you had to cut everything else absolutely. out? Absolutely. I've left many jobs for music. Um, I was working at Mercedes 
and I had a really promising. What were you, what were you doing at Mercedes? I was driving the cars. <laughs> it was so were you like fun. a test driver, or so I worked in the service industry, and I would like drive and park them like a glorified valet kind of. But then also, I was the shuttle driver, so I would drive to pick people up and everything. And then also, when the techs were done with the cars in order to test them out to make sure that everything was good, they'd be like, hey, go rip it on a country road. So literally, I would just go drive as fast as I fun. could. It was so much fun. It was the best job. And they, they offered me promotions, and I had a really promising career to grow with that company and everything, and I quit because I was like... You quit corporate America? I did. To do rock and roll. Yeah. What do your parents think about that? They were so mad. <laughs> they were so mad. Because I quit for no reason. I had no career. Like I was like playing in bars and I was like I'm gonna do this for real and they're like yeah but you don't have anything lined up like maybe if you were going on tour maybe if you're doing this I was like nope this is what's gonna happen and then sure enough I just kept playing bars and nothing really happened for years and then I had to get more jobs it's always been like in the service industry bartending serving sure. uh, I was bartending at a music venue for the longest time so it's still in in the vicinity scene, of yeah, where and, you and wanted to be. constantly playing, yeah. But it was just actually this year that I stopped working at the bar. Fast forward to from the time you quit the yeah. corporate world to now, what's mom and dad's stance on, on oh, your current so situation? they're so happy. They're so proud. Yeah. They're very, very Good. supportive, yeah. They always did support me. They just wanted the best. So obviously for a, for a parent, when you see your child have this like promising career and they're like, actually, I'm going to quit so I can do absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying, but... They knew that it's what I wanted to do, so they supported me. They questioned me always, you know, like, are you sure? Blah, blah, maybe we should go back to school, all this stuff. Because I was just playing bars in Kitchener and not even playing in Toronto, you know what I mean? Like, there really wasn't that much promise, but here we are. I talk to a lot of artists, old and young, and they all seem to kind of have the single-mindedness to their art. Yeah. If you weren't doing this, what else would you be doing? Well, or what I, else would you want to do? I thought I've thought about that sometimes. Um, I love old cars, so a dream job of mine would be to learn how to fix them and be like a mechanic and restore old cars to back to their you know classic state. Like all right, yeah, or landscaping. I love. Uh, like redoing gardens and stuff. I, every year I redo my mom's garden. I dig all the trenches, lay the mulch, you know, plant stuff. And yeah, I'd either probably be a landscaper, a mechanic, or a woodworker. What about you? What are your passions? This is my podcast. You don't, you don't ask me questions. <laughs> Why not? Who says? Um, what are my passions? Uh, dogs. Um, yeah. I have a Westie. Oh, beautiful. Um, I work in the radio industry my whole life. So radio has been and creativity in that world has been a big deal for me. And music, for sure, like not just as a journalist, but I've been a musician myself, play piano, sing. Really? You know, been doing this a long time, and now I get to talk to artists, big and small, and, you know, when I talk to an artist who's kind of, quote-unquote, made it, that's kind of inspiration for me to continue to do it because I realize right. that you shouldn't be doing it for the wrong reasons. You should only be doing it because you love it. Yeah. I lost my house and my record label to a hurricane in 2012. No way. And it was really like... It sounds like a cliche, but it was, it was kind of like a baptism. It was like a dirty water baptism where right. I had to decide, man, how much do I still like really care about making music and putting it out there? And I realized over the past seven years that I still care enough to keep putting records out. I've put two solo albums and an EP out, you know, done Amazing. it all on my own. Do you and, have a stage uh, name or what's the... <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I, check you out. <laughs> I, I used to I used to go as Q Ball, and my record label was called Ball Freak Music, playing up the the, the hairstyle. Yeah. Um, but now I just go as as Ron Scalzo. I thought there was 
a kind of like pulling back the curtain. Right. And I didn't want to be like a cartoon character anymore after everything right. happened. I lost all my shit. Right. So, it's like um, this is a new beginning. It, it, exactly. It was kind of like a rebirth in that way. So That's beautiful. Tragic, but beautiful. You know what? Like looking back on it seven years later, I always say like from an existential standpoint, it was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. Really? I lost all my vinyl records, but maybe I'll buy some here at Soam. <laughs> um, you have a lot of videos online, which is just a regular component for artists old and young now. You kind of have to have yeah. that the social... Visual aspects to what you do and mm -hmm. i noticed your band and it reminded me of like probably people my age who probably were you or wanted to be you at some point probably have some cool stories yeah did some cool things like oh i played with this band and i toured with this band or i released this like i can tell you 10 stories like that from my own career right you have a female drummer yes morgan doctor yeah talk to me about they're your amazing band. i'm so happy with them daniel boss and barry is my cousin He's a guitar player. Oh, so it's nepotism. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've been playing together for years. So he was an obvious choice. And then Steve Lavery is the bass player. He plays bass, keys, synth. You know, he might as well have like eight arms. He does everything. I met him through music and friends and stuff. So I knew him already as well. I asked him to be a part of it. And then Sammy is the other guitar player. I found him through a recommendation through my label and I just lucked out because instantly, you know, we got along well and he's an amazing player. And it was the same with uh, Morgan. So it's kind of like a, an old school audition process, which was really fun for it to find the, the two other players. Yeah. We just lucked out. Like I, I knew instantly, I was like, yep, those are the two. And then when we got on the road for the first time, like I just couldn't believe how lucky I was because... I feel like when like when we're driving, we're laughing more than than not. You know what I mean? Like they're just amazing people. I would I would want to hang out with them outside of the band. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm lucky. So how does that happen with your cousin? Like like how does that conversation go? Where it's like, hey, I'm putting an EP out. I'm going on tour. Do you want to go? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Or basically, he... I mean, we had been playing. What about real life responsibilities? Well, yeah, I mean, he's got responsibilities. He's getting married. He just bought a house. There's there's a lot of things. We did have that conversation where it's like, like, screw all this. Well, I'm it was here. yeah, it was I'm basically like, I was Asheville. like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, he's lucky because his fiance is, is very um, supportive. So there was never any turmoil there. It was kind of like, you have to take this opportunity. Good. But we definitely had the conversation of like, will you do this? Are you in? Are you out? I don't want to hire you for one tour. I want this to be a thing. And he said, yes. Oh, you want a long-term relationship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With your bandmates. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah, not my cousin. That'd be weird. <laughs> Let's talk about where you're at with the label and management. I read online that you, I wouldn't go as far as to say stalked your manager, but there's information online about how you left him like 200 voicemails. When oh, he God, asked if no, you had any no, song no, 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 not is 200 that, voicemails, no. Is that all a lie? Yes, that's a lie. You got to um, talk to the PR company about that. Yeah, no, no, it, what it was. So it makes you sound a little creepy, I got to say. It does, I mean. I mean, ooh. unless he's the greatest manager in the world, which no, he might be. So what happened was he had found me through a random video that I did with the lead singer of the Glorious Sons. We know each other outside of the label. We knew each other before from my old band. He had written this, this song that he wanted to be a duet and he wanted me to sing on it. And so I went up to Kingston and we were practicing, hanging out. We did a practice video and it instantly blew up on their page. And so his manager, who's now my manager, goes, who is that girl? 
And then I got a meeting with them. And, and actually, it's funny, I, he had asked for my stuff. So I sent him five of my best songs. And I, that's what I think. I didn't hear from him for two years. And then I was like, oh, it's not shit. not good for your ego. No, I was like, shit, I blew it. Like, there goes my chance and, and whatever. And then, then he messaged me again. He goes, hey, do you have any new music? So I sent him a song. Don't hear from him for like three months. I'm like, okay, this guy's just messing with me now, right? So then a couple months later, he goes, it's playing hard oh. to get. Yeah, he goes, he goes, oh, I just saw this. Uh, do you have that song? And I was like, I sent it to you. Check your email. Because at that point from I was two like two years ago. Yeah, no, from like, this is like three months ago. I was like, check your email, man. I sent it. He's like, oh, okay. He checks it, asks me to send him my stuff. So this time, instead of sending him five songs, I sent over like 200 songs. Okay. It wasn't voicemail. You didn't leave him songs. on his voicemail. No, 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 no. He the, has, I categorized the them by months. Yeah. And I put them in a Dropbox and it was like, yeah, it was a lot of material, but I wanted him to know I was serious. I was like, okay, well, you want it, then you get it all. All right, so two questions. Yeah. Number one, was there any contrition from him? Like, hey, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you for two years. I was an idiot. Please forgive me and let me manage you. Nope. Um, it was more of it came up and he didn't want to split his time when he knew that he had commitments that he had to fulfill. And he couldn't give me the time and effort to do a startup. So he went under the radar and, yeah, went dark for a bit. And I honestly, I don't, at, at the time, obviously, I was like, okay, what's this guy doing? But I really respect that. I would much rather that because then when the timing was right, we were able to build this thing in, in less than two years, right? right? Because he put everything into it. And I would much rather that than him sign me on when he didn't have time for it and me sit on a shelf. Right. I really respect that, Or you that, wouldn't actually. be a focus and exactly. you'd resent that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate how it went down. And to be honest, in those two years, I think I had more experiences. Like, everything just happened very... Um, what's the word? Like, just the way it was supposed to. I went through right. a bunch of crazy stuff. Exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I went through a bunch of crazy stuff in that two years. And a lot of my material that I'm writing about came from those two years. So it's like, it's weird. It, Are it, any of the songs about him? Not about my manager. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day, Jason. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Shout out to Jason. Thank you for yeah. your patience, Jason. What's next? You're in D.C. How long is this tour going on? You so two weeks. We're, so we're in D.C. tonight, and then we go to uh, Philly tomorrow. And then I go home for a little bit, and then I'm back out. I'm going to Cleveland with the Struts, and then planning a head, my first headlining tour across the States. Wow, that'll be different. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be an experience. That's Time to make be... burgers in between yeah. the tours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <All> Hardly. Right. <laughs> I'm at Sewn Records, JJ Wild. Good luck tonight. Looking forward to seeing the show. Thank you. Looking forward to you bringing the fire. Thank you. And um, I hope you come back to DC as, as a headliner and, and we'll do it all again. Hopefully. Had it all. So I thought. Watch the pieces. Made them fall. Something good, why don't you? Had to be the one I told you.
That was Gave It All by J.J. Wild. Earlier in the podcast, we heard State of Mind, both off the new release, Wild Eyes, Steady Hands. Find out more, get the goods, see her on tour, all the deets at jjwild.com. Is deets still a thing? <laughs> deets. Who, my Ryan Seacrest? Big thanks to JJ for the great conversation, her tour manager Nick Ball, Josh Page, and Elena Joylins at Surefire Media for putting us all together. Much love to John Myers at the Vinyl District and Neil at Soam Records for letting us hang at the store, Rachel Lang for the photos, and whatever gratitude I've got left goes out to you, loyal listeners. Thank you for listening and subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and at thevinyldistrict.com. Follow the bald guy on your handheld doohickeys at Bald Freak Music and find out more about my music and the podcast now in its eighth year of existence at baldfreak.com. Holy shit, talk about gluttons for punishment. Big thanks to our media partner, The Vinyl District. Download The Vinyl District app at your app store and easily find record stores in your hood and on the road anywhere in the world. And check out awesome concert photos, album reviews at thevinyldistrict.com. And thanks once again to our sponsor, Bloom Farms CBD. Get your 20% off at checkout with promo code BALDFREAK at bloomfarmscbd.com. There are mini vape pens and tinctures that are organic and all natural. I just enjoyed some stone fruit. That was the name of my Catherine Wheel cover band in high school, Stone Fruit. And these vape pens, they self-charge. No battery, no plugging it into the wall. It's an all-in-one package with more fabulous flavors like my favorite, Sequoia Mint. And if you're into the tinctures, you can choose from three different degrees of intensity. So kick the tires until you find the amount that works for you and get 20% off while you're kicking. It's bloomfarmscbd.com. Enter promo code BALDFREAK at checkout. That's bloomfarmscbd.com. Next time on Independent Minded, I compare hairstyles, beard lengths, and passion with hard rock royalty, the incredible and eloquent John Dyer Baisley of Baroness on the tour bus outside Baltimore Soundstage. Baroness! That's big time, bro! Baroness!